Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9 30 a.m. on KKNW. Welcome back, everyone, to Holding Ground. I'm Michelle Mooney, a licensed trauma and couples therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. We are here live on 1150 AM KKNW Talk Radio here in Seattle every Tuesday at 930. Uh, but you can find us anywhere that you stream podcasts, so you can listen at your Pants as well. Um, so today I am joined by Ashley Graff again. It's so good to have you back for another episode. Morning, Ashlyn. Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you, and I'm excited to be back. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, we offer a complimentary consultation to all potential clients who want to discover how therapy might help them achieve their goals. So uh, go to anchorlighttherapy.com slash get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, really great mention because we are about, this is our second in our two-part series about um, seeking support versus trauma dumping. So we have wonderful therapists here where you can find that person that you can go to and share your stories with. Um, so last week in the first uh, segment of this, we talked about the differences between trauma dumping and seeking support and when it's appropriate to share our trauma. So today we're going to talk more about what this looks like online, um, what to do if you are somebody who trauma dumps, and then what to do if you are the listener uh, to somebody who is sharing these um, stories. So let's dig into the online component first, Ashlyn. Yeah, so I mean, luckily, the internet has been essential for many of us to stay connected, especially during the pandemic when it was um, one of the only ways to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has really functional aspects of um, helping people build community over shared interests, experiences, and stories. Um, and I feel like most of us, at least for a time, um, have turned to social media for that like sense of connection and sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where would we have been without it? Um, so, I mean, it was difficult enough for all of us to be isolated and disconnected and having to have holiday meals with, you know, just a safe bubble of people, um, you know, not getting to see our family um, as often. So technology really gave us, um, you know, the best ways to connect and a lot of good ones that we want to have had if this happened 10 years ago. Um, So very fortunate. Um, And then, yeah, people finding their communities. I mean, TikTok really took off there in the pandemic for a lot of good reasons. I mean, there's a lot of good content on there, um, but you do have to, you know, be careful in finding the right content that you are um, absorbing to learn things about yourself. um, And also like, knowing, okay, if I, if I post this thing, right, am I, am I posting it in a safe space? So again, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good stuff out there online. It's really great to see a lot of therapy, um, you know, um, uh, influencers, that's the wrong term for, I think that, but, um, you know, uh, good content being shared by mental health professionals, um, but also people who have been through it and they're sharing their stories. So, 
Um, yeah, so sharing stories around traumatic events, either in writing, sometimes video, of course, a lot of apps are video, um, photographs, um, it can be very therapeutic, like we've been talking about. Um, you know, most people who do this are looking to build that community, um, sharing their experiences, maybe um, injustices, losses that they've endured. Um, so again, seeking that community to be validated um, is really important. Um, again, we just want to find it in the right places. Um, and thinking too, to like sharing distressing content without considering how it might negatively impact uh, people who have had uh, similar experiences can be an oversight. So thinking about trauma dumping in a more contained area of like, let's just say our family. Um, even then we don't necessarily know if we could be triggering people. Even then it might be like, it, you know, asking for consent first before we share these stories. So if it's, you know, we have to be that delicate with even a few people thinking about all of the people who might see something online that could also be triggering to that person as well. So. Uh, trying to post in communities um, where hopefully there's other trauma-informed folks. You're not posting anything in a, a forum um, where you're, you know, it could be more damaging to you than helpful, right? If people are commenting in a negative way, that sort of thing, that can actually make your trauma worse in some ways. So, um, yeah, what else on uh, posting online, Ashley? Yeah, uh, as you say that, I'm just like, thinking of YouTube comments in my head and I'm like, oh, don't go there. They're worthless. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think if you have found yourself really wanting to share details about your trauma with others, the best thing that you can do or is, is to post a trigger warning before sharing that distressing content with those spaces in between so people can decide whether or not they want to open that. Um, though the necessity or validity of trigger warnings is still open for debate, I think it's best to err on that side of compassion and let people decide whether or not they have the mental or emotional capacity to engage in that conversation. I think with online, um, it is a little bit easier to decide, like, I don't have the space for that right now and scroll past it. But even some people struggle doing that and setting those boundaries because of a sense of guilt of like, how could I see this and just scroll past it? Um, but it is okay to um, kind of protect yourself and what you're taking in because you didn't necessarily agree to that. <laughs> you didn't necessarily sign up for it. Yeah, yeah, making sure that it's okay, right, to sh show this content. Another thing I can think of, and of course it's not a person, but like if I um, am about to click on like, let's say a news article um, or video uh, on YouTube, oftentimes what YouTube even will be like, hey, this continues maybe triggering content around suicidality or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, do you want to continue? Um, so, I mean, I think that just shows, right? Hey, uh, we're trying to be more sensitive around these sorts of things and letting people, having having the uh, choice to opt in, right? Versus it just being given to you. Yes, and it's uh, it's cool that that's an option online versus like in the real world, if someone just tells you something that you don't want to hear, you can't really just walk away. Well, you could, but that person might never talk to you again. <laughs> so uh, it, it, there is a little bit more of a um, ability to decide in that moment there. Right, yeah. Um, what we want to talk about next is how to manage if you're either the trauma dumper the listener, maybe sometimes you switch roles, right? So we want to talk about what to do um, in these roles. So 
if you feel like, gosh, I really need to get all this trauma off my chest and I'm going to go and just kind of let it out somewhere, um, think about asking yourself a few questions before you have kind of this reflex to trauma dump. You know, think about why am I needing to share this right now? You know, what am I hoping to gain? Am I looking for connection? Am I looking for sympathy? Um, You know, this isn't a general thing, but sometimes people will even share um, difficult things to um, manipulate in some sort of way, or, um, you know, like an example of that could be like, well, you know, yeah, maybe sometimes like using it as an excuse to have a need met versus like, I'm trying to share this really terrible thing that happened um, to me because I need to, some support. So that that's not most people who do this, um, but asking yourself these questions. Um, and then the most important question is um, when we want to talk about heavy topics is asking that person, um, you know, is now an okay time for me to share something heavy you. And, you know, if the answer is no, you know, maybe trying to plan for, you know, letting that person tell you like, no, but how about Tuesday at seven, right? So they're giving you that time and space, but asking them first, for sure. Um, you know, ask, letting them know I need some emotional support, you know, do you have the bandwidth for that right now? Um, and sometimes the answer to this question will be yes, and sometimes the question will be no. So again, um, you know, if the, the answer is no, unfortunately, right, that that's not the person to go to uh, in that moment. So, um, and when we're ta- trauma dumping, that can very much look like, um, only one person being in the conversation like we're talking about before. Um, So like somebody talking at you uh, versus somebody having an open line of uh, back and forth uh, communication. So that can look like if I'm sharing something really traumatic and I've already had your permission to share that, um, engaging you, right? Like, well, what do you think about that? Have you been through Mm -hmm. something similar that you've learned from, um, you know, and then checking in even like, uh, what was that like for you, for me to share that with you? Um, Honoring the fact that that was probably difficult for them to hear too, and acknowledging that, and of course, sharing uh, or showing appreciation around being able to have that conversation. Um, But, what else are you thinking of, Ashley? Yeah, and it's it's interesting, the first part you had there of ask yourself, why am I sharing this? Because I, I think a lot of people do this unintentionally or not knowing what they're doing. Sometimes it just comes out um, or there's a lack of awareness of like how heavy the topic might be for the other person. Um, and I think of like, like what a friend asked about a tattoo of mine and I go on a 30 minute tangent. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I am so sorry. They were very sweet about it. Um, but sometimes we, we all do this. Um, so it's like, it's, um, it is something to just kind of be mindful of. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, when you are the dumper, um, again, just building trust and emotional safety with people prior to sharing your traumas with them. Um, and when I say emotionally safe people, those are ones who respond in ways that are kind and compassionate and warm when you are vulnerable not the people who are cold or aloof or dismissive or even abusive. Um, I think it's 
also really important to have more than just one person that you go to to meet all of your emotional needs. Um, a support network rather than a support person. Um, this allows you to go to different people when one person does not have that emotional capacity. And um, being someone's whole world is a lot of pressure to put on one individual. Um, so there's a lot of strength in numbers. Um, in addition, I think practicing self-soothing when necessary is also good. So this means having your own set of coping skills um, when you are starting to get overwhelmed, whether those be exercise or deep breathing or distractions or being creative, just try different things when, um, when you're struggling and figure out what works best for you. Um, and again, I cannot like, stress enough seeking professional emotional support when it's necessary. Uh, sometimes having an individual therapist can really help you verbally process, provide emotional support, uh, and help you to consider different ideas for coping. And uh, it's okay to ask for help and you're not a burden for doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all very, very good points, Ashlyn. Um, and I like the piece that you said, like, you know, maybe we can't always, you know, pause and ask ourselves and check in, like, I'm about to share this thing, you know, what is my motivation and how do I feel about it? Things like that. Um, and if you don't catch yourself, if you've had an experience where maybe you did overshare a trauma dump, don't, don't be super hard on yourself. Um, Cause like you're saying, Ashlyn, these things can kind of just be a reflex. And so the point is, is like, you're trying to be uh, aware of it, right? We can think like, oh yeah, I did. Maybe, maybe I went to Ashlyn's house last Tuesday and just trauma dumped uh, on her the whole time about my grandma being sick or something like that. And then I think, okay, so I did that. How do you go then acknowledge that with that person, right? You can cut circle back to it and say like, hey, I realize I put some heavy stuff on you last week and I appreciate it. And what was that like for you? Um, so, you know, we can we can clean things up after they happen as well. Um, so, mm -hmm. good. yeah, and I think for, for me, it's a big difference if this is a instance that happens every now and then um, versus like, if I know that this person that I'm going to talk to or see is always going to be like an emotionally heavy conversation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So how about, I think it's important to talk about what to do if we're the ones listening, you know, somebody's coming to us with these things, like how do we manage that? Um, what do we do in those scenarios? And there's a lot of different things. Um, so the first thing is if you are open to the conversation, you have the capacity to have that, um, you know, you want to, when you're listening to somebody's um, trauma or a hard story of some sort of adverse um, experience, you really want to be, um, if, you know, again, if you agree to having this conversation, uh, you need to focus on being non-judgmental, uh, compassionate, you know, being a really good listener, um, things that you really don't want to do when you're having conversations with folks uh, around their trauma is um, minimize in any sort of way. So, you know, if I say to you, like, well, that could have been worse, you know, what's the big deal? That's minimizing what your experience is in that. Because if you had a hard feeling or hard experience, even if I don't think that would be hard for me, doesn't matter. 
because it was hard for you. And so, and if we're a lot of people, and I'll see this with clients, people doing this um, to themselves, right? Minimizing or invalidating mm-hmm. their own trauma. You know, I hear a lot like, well, but I know there's so much greater suffering in the world. So I shouldn't be bothered by this, or I didn't have it as bad as the person down the street, whatever it might be. We're minimizing uh, our own trauma in that. So it doesn't matter how the heck did somebody else, what else is going on in the world, because you have to take care of you and you have to live in your own body and your own mind. So um, try not to internally do that. Um, anyway, that was a side bar there, but um, you know, invalidating uh, trauma when you're listening to it. So things like, well, everything happens for a reason, or maybe it's part of a greater plan that you just haven't seen yet. Things like that. We don't want to invalidate because then it's like, oh, okay, well, you know what, maybe I'm supposed to think about this in a positive way, but I still don't because it really sucks. So very invalidating. Um, Comparison. So if you come to me with something and I immediately, my first response is like, oh yeah, that happened to my dad too. Or like, yeah, that happened to me. And then, you know, let me tell you all the things that happened to me. And that is um, not helpful in that moment, right? Because again, that can kind of invalidate or minimize that what I'm trying to tell you, if you're now telling me about how your dad had that experience when he was in seventh grade, right? Now, now we're not talking about what we started talking about. Um, and then blaming um, for trauma. All right. So, you know, you shouldn't have been outside uh, by yourself that late at night on that street. You know, what were you thinking? I mean, obviously, uh, that's not helpful either. So have you seen anything? Um, have you seen examples of where you've seen like uh, minimization of trauma or comparison, things like that, Ashlyn, that you can think of? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think the the examples that you gave were good. And um, generationally, I think when you're thinking about trauma, there is a difference in terms of like, I notice older generations, it is more common to um, put things under the rug, particularly I'm thinking of like white family cultures um, of like, we don't talk about hard things. And um, that can cause problems through life because Mm -hmm. we kind of need to talk about hard things. Um, So I think like culturally, that's definitely something I see for um, like uh, myself and a lot of, a lot of clients for sure. Um, Another thing that didn't mention here was just like changing the subject. Um, Ah, When you're uncomfortable, uh, that can feel really not good of like, (laughs) oh, wow, you're so uncomfortable that you cannot sit in this with me. Um, And it's like, it might be true. Um, and I think even like as a therapist, I always remember one of the things that, <laughs> that I learned um, when people are um, are processing and crying is to not push the tissues toward them because yes. that implies that um, crying is not Stop. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that makes me think of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pacifying it. And, and it comes from like this helpful lens and sometimes mm-hmm. like sessions like I have that inclination to be like well here's the Kleenex but for that exact reason it's it can feel like oh okay they're telling me to stop crying um also it kind of takes agency away from the client too especially like if they are um you know 
just trying to start working on asking for help and meeting their own needs, right? Them being able to reach for a Kleenex or ask for one actually can be helpful in its own way in that way too. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that and yeah, changing the subject, um, you know, oh yeah, well, you know, how's Timmy's class and, and you know, is he doing well in his homework? And it's like, well, we were actually just talking about that really terrible thing that happened to me, and, you know? So that's another good reason why it's important to uh, ask permission first, because if it's gonna be mm -hmm. somebody who's like somebody who just like dips out or changes the subject, well, then that's not a good person, right? To share those things with. So hopefully if you ask and the person says yes, then they're not, doing that. Um, so other things that you can do if you are the listener, um, you know, that that everyone loves the B word, right? But boundaries with compassion, right? So if it's somebody that you care about, and you do want to hold space for them at some point, but you can at that point, um, you know, and if they, let's say, have some sort of attachment wounds around like abandonment or feeling not important, you want to make sure, you know, when you're setting that boundary, like, hey, I'm not available today, um, but I'm, I'm, I really want to hear this story and I want to be present for you. And, you know, let's do it next Tuesday at three o'clock. Um, that way that person knows, right, that they are important, they're not a burden, today just didn't work out. Um, so you're communicating your boundary uh, in a compassionate way. Um, sometimes as a listener, we might have to budget our time around somebody or somebody's um, uh, trauma narratives. So, or if they are a trauma dumper who haven't successfully worked through this on their own, um, um budgeting time so that looks like um you know sometimes if we have like a difficult family right and it's thanksgiving um having kind of a agreed upon time uh before you know uh time to leave um you know like hey you know we're going to other grandma's house at 3 p.m or whatever it is so you're setting that expectation of when i'm leaving or when i've had enough uh up front so sometimes we have to um set boundaries in that way too um it's important for us to remember as a listener, um, we can't fix the other person. And it can feel like if somebody's sharing something really heavy uh, with us and we care about them, all we want to do is, you know, take away the pain. You know, we don't want, we, we feel really bad that happened to them. And it can make us kind of feel helpless because we can't fix that for them, right? But, you know, if they're wanting to share with you and you witnessing and listening, I mean, that that is what you can do because if someone's had a lot of trauma, they may have been pushed aside for a very long time. And so just having somebody listen and, have, um, you know, having an intentional time with them, that that's really going a long way. Um, couple other things, you know, of course, self-care, whatever that might look like. Okay, I know I'm going to have a really heavy conversation at lunch with so-and-so today, so I'm going to make sure I plan time to be able to walk home after, or, oh, I know I have that really difficult conversation coming up at dinner. What can I do, you know, earlier on in the day to kind of help ground and center? Um, so, and then self-care um, can also look like things like setting the boundaries, right? Like pre-self-care, right? Like setting that time limit, when you get to the party or whatever it is, uh, caring for yours, that's also self-care. Um, let's see, what about um, Ashlyn online? Um, if you know you need to set boundaries or uh, maybe need to avoid content um, as the listener online, um, what, what are some things that you could do? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I, I always, I love the V word, as you said, um, <laughs> but like, I always try to frame boundaries in this way of like, boundaries are not about controlling the other person, but they're about how you respond to the other person. So a lot of folks will come to me and say, well, I try to set boundaries with them. And they just don't listen. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's you that is responding to them. And that is the boundary because yes, we, we cannot control other people, nor should we try. Um, but we can control how we respond when certain things happen. So rather than saying, don't yell at me, you might say like, I'm going to hang up the phone when you yell at me, or I'm going to leave when you yell at me, um, or don't talk to me about that, saying like, I am going to remind you to not talk to me about that when you talk to me about that, and I don't have the capacity. Um, so it's really kind of taking your, your agency back, um, and online in particular, um, again, this is easier to do, like, with uh, trauma dumping, if you do not have the capacity for something, you are allowed to scroll past um, a post you didn't ask to see. You are allowed to press unfollow. You're also allowed to say, oh, that looks really important. I can't read it right now because I'm at work, but I'll come back to it if that's what you have the capacity to do. So um, it's really about just like kind of taking, um, taking what is in your control, being mindful about what you can handle and what you can't, um, and trying to respect that rather than to push your own limits to to help others because that's ultimately not going to help anyone mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and that really great mention of boundaries is yeah absolutely that not just like don't yell at me on the phone but you know if this happens again right this is what i'm going to do um exactly it's how we respect our own boundaries we have we have to respect our own boundaries just as much as the other person hopefully will. And then that way, right, they, they know, hey, I told you not to, you know, talk about my kids like that and you keep doing it. So unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to leave the PTA meeting next time early or whatever it might be. So you're setting that boundary and they know what to expect in the beginning. And then nobody's, you know, hopefully surprised that you, know, you did it in that way. Um, so in our last couple of minutes here, Ashlyn, I'm wondering, you know, this, how does this all tie into people in helping professions? Yeah, so when I first think of this, um, I want to mention like that book, Trauma Stewardship by um, Laura Vanderlipsky. Um, mm -hmm. She kind of talks about this idea that like we carry so much trauma. So there are populations of people who experience secondhand trauma in stress in their day-to-day -day lives. Um, so these are like doctors, nurses, firefighters, EMTs, therapists, social workers. Um, so just speaking from experience and um, also the experiences that I've had with clients um, in these fields, um, working in them can use all of the emotional capacity that you have in a day. Um, so like maintaining those boundaries around trauma you expose yourself to outside of work is just so vital to continue doing this great work that is really necessary. We can't not have people in these fields. So you're, there is more greater good when you have those boundaries. Um, so for these people, like self-care might look like setting and maintaining firm boundaries around what you have the energy to hear or see. Uh, you can set these boundaries in ways that are assertive, but not necessarily cold or mean. Um, and boundaries are meant to sustain relationships not to harm them. So you can still care about your friends and family while respecting your own boundaries and be there when you do have that emotional capacity, but be honest when you don't rather than building resentment or um, emotionally exhausting yourself and causing that burnout. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, great mention too on the, you know, boundaries are about sustaining relationships. Like if I didn't care about this relationship and wanted to just see it doing a little bit better, I wouldn't send a, set a boundary with you. I'd just peace out. I, would, I wouldn't be a part of your life anymore, right? So if I'm setting a boundary, it's actually like, hey, I still want you here. We just kind of have to redefine what that might look like. Um, so yes. yes, it's really important. And, you know, and last piece on that, um, you know, if you are a client, you know, don't worry about being people and helping professions because we do love this work. And like Ashlyn was saying, like taking care of herself outside of work, it's our ethical responsibility to do that and take care of ourselves. Um, many therapists have their own therapists. I hope that most, every therapist would just because we're people too, right? And we have things that might, we might uh, have um, in our own lives that we need to take care of so we can show up better for you as a client or, you know, this can be hard work and Sometimes we might need to talk to another professional about it as well. So, you know, try to trust uh, people in the healthcare field that, that or you're not burdening us. Um, you know, we're, we're taking care of ourselves. So, yes. Um, right. And I've, I've literally had clients say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry for dumping oh, that yeah. on you. And I'm like, this is the best possible place <laughs> for yeah. you to be giving that information. Okay. Um so yeah. like, yes, we, we choose this. We like this. It is an honor to sit with people in their experiences. Um, and we are taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And those, those folks, right. Who have, you know, they feel like they have to apologize for, um, you know, talking too much or burdening us that, that just shows, right. That that's the messages they've received their whole lives. Right. It's like, I don't want to hear this. This is too much. And now finally they're in a space where it's not too much. Right. But it's an adjustment to hear it. Like, no, bring it all, you know, that's what we want you to do. So, all right, that takes us to the end of this second episode on um, what seeking support is and how that's different from trauma dumping. So Ashlyn, thanks again for being here and thanks for listening to all of our listeners. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.